For this next episode, I'm happy to have with us Jeremy Lawi, who is the band director at Mid-Pacific Institute, a smaller private school in the heart of Manoa Valley in Honolulu, Hawaii. Jeremy has been at Mid-Pac for several years now and teaches students from grade six through 12. He is in a unique situation where he starts his students and they stay with him throughout their time at their school. Prior to taking over the program on his own, he worked alongside Alani'i, who I believe founded the band program here Midpack has had some truly outstanding students come out of that program, and Jeremy was really fortunate to have Alan by his side in the early years of his career. I believe Alan does still come by now and then uh, to help out. In addition to his work as a band director, he also runs the Hawaii Youth Symphony's Pacific Music Institute, which is a fantastic summer program. Uh, it's a music intensive program that covers not just orchestra, but band, as well as I believe they had some ukulele stuff this year. Uh, for those listening who are looking for opportunities for their students of almost all ages to grow musically, you should definitely check it out. Jeremy and the whole crew at HYS put on a really good program each year. Uh, you can also catch Jeremy gigging around town here in Honolulu on the drums with local jazz groups. So without further ado, here is today's episode. Welcome, Jeremy. Thank you for agreeing to uh, sit down with us today and um, or with me. And uh, just to kind of get started, so you're here at uh, Mid Pacific Institute. You've always been here, right? This year. Yes, my was my first job after graduating from UH. Yeah, and yeah, I think you were you're so lucky to have had Allie here, you know, to to help you, you know, through those early years and yes. everything, give a lot of advice. So <laughs> maybe you you started off a whole lot better than I did, <laughs> or the rest of us did. And well, so you've got um, seventh grade through twelfth grade, right? Yeah, I teach, uh, I have six graders as well, but that class is on a wheel. So we do general music. We do oh, okay. drums for seven weeks and then we rotate five, five rotations. Okay. But um, band, correct, from seven to 12. Okay. So, you know, you essentially, you, you, you sleep in the bed you make. Yes, right? true. Right? Can only get, can't get mad yeah. at the person who trained them before. Yeah. yeah. But you also get kids that come in periodically from other schools. Yes. And, and you, so you got to contend with, you know, Wherever they're at, good, good, bad, you know, I'm sure you, you know, you, there's a lot of really good schools in this area. So, mm -hmm. you know, you're probably getting some some pretty good uh, students coming through. Um, yeah. Including, I think, at least one of mine. Oh, yeah. I think so. Yeah. Oh, it, CJ. CJ. Yeah. yeah. CJ, CJ, yes. Yeah. yeah She's such a hardworking kid. <laughs> um, so, I guess, um, just get us started. So, what's happening with your band right now that's uh, got you excited? Um, well, the most exciting thing for me right now is that we are really getting back to playing mostly normally. I mean, even our last concert in May, we were, the audience was seated, uh, uh, there's an empty seat in between everyone. So we're, we're preparing for normal. Uh, we have a, a concert for the elementary school coming up next month, um, which is going to be, um, Great to share the music with the, the younger students. And it's just good to kind of prepare um, concerts like we did in the past. So yeah, back to normal. That's that's yeah. the most exciting. Yeah, if I had, yeah, if you had given me that answer like, you know, three years ago, <laughs> like, oh, we get to sit everybody next to each other. <laughs> yeah. what a, yes. What a strange thing to, you know, but that's that's huge. I think. Yes. Yeah. 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 Um, At least now it is. Yeah. So I guess um, 
in, in, you know, in your unique situation where you're starting the kids in seventh grade, taking them all the way through high school, you know, what are some of the challenges or the lessons that you've learned, you know, in that time? Because you've graduated, you know, a few classes by now. Yeah, I think I've graduated a couple um, so far. This is my year nine. Um, one of the challenges I think I've started realizing is that, well, it's a positive and a ne negative sometimes, is that they only see me. Uh, mm. mostly anyway since I do the middle school and the high school so they I feel like they have a limited perspective sometimes and I'm so glad when they go out and do other things like youth symphony or select band or honor band where they get to play with other students and other conductors um, that's really great so actually sometimes yeah just having them see me for like five six years old that could yeah. be a challenge in itself because i think it's so important that they they have a lot of different experiences with music yeah because like that continuity can be like an amazing thing but it can be it can be monotonous or yes you know, whatever it may be yeah it. sometimes it can get a little stale for them and i, I feel bad because like oh i want them to be excited all the way through their high school years and sometimes it is but you know sometimes like oh man yeah i've seen you for a long time but it, at the same time it's been a blessing because i get to know them um at a deeper level that other teachers don't normally get to do so like when we have faculty meetings um you know whether it's about students or whatnot um it's like yeah i know this kid for like five years six years yeah. or even when, it, even when it's eighth graders yeah i've known them since yeah. sixth grade you know mm -hmm. um yeah th people don't have that depth of understanding of the kids that that we do yes right, in this, yes in this line of work yeah the contact time is is massive yeah and then there are the relationships that they have with each other too right mm -hmm. which you know <laughs> good or bad but <laughs> you, you gotta live with each other too right yes. so that's good. Yeah, I would have students, uh, former students, come back to me and talk about their, you know, their high school experiences, and you know, some of them may have had gripes about different stuff. But when it boiled down, when you boiled it all down, it, it just came down to you know what, that person's just different. They're different than what I was doing. Yeah. And you're just complaining that it's different, not because yeah. it's, it's hey. worse or wrong or whatever. Right. It's right. Like, you know, and they're certainly gaining a lot of things from from those other people. So mm -hmm. yeah, I'm. I'm happy for them that they they had those experiences. Right, right. So, um, as a person myself who I've taught in small schools, like really small schools, I think when I first started at uh, Jarrett, my seventh grade class, mm -hmm. I had four students <laughs> in that class. Um, two clarinets, one trumpet, and I had to start a kid on trombone, and everybody else had already been through a year of, of band. Hmm. But you know they were all not in, in in a place where there was gonna be a whole a huge gap, yeah. And just took it and ran with that, you know. But um, you probably experienced kids getting pulled in all sorts of directions, right? And, yes. You know, by comparison to your you know your colleagues down the street at at Pulau yes. Mall where things are. I mean, those kids are also involved in a lot of things. It's a much bigger school, right? Right. You lose one kid out of a marching band of two hundred. Yeah. That's not huge. Right? right, 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 right. So what's that experience been like and how have you adjusted? Um, but yeah, uh, here they have a lot of choices. And so I, my priority is that they're in the class that they want to be in. Mm. Um, so, and, and of course that doesn't have to be band or, or music. If they want to do something else, then that is totally fine. Just trying to navigate, um, you know, the schedule we have and, um, trying to get the students in the right place 
um, free from other influences, whether that might be their parents or, or even socially, because you know we have popular electives and we have you know somewhat unpopular electives, and I just hope that. I, of course, this is biased, but of course, I want everyone to have a musical experience, some kind of musical experience, or you know, let me say arts experience, yeah. at least, you know, through middle school and high school. Um, so trying to um, advocate for that um, for the students that has been sometimes has been a challenge. Okay. But like you don't find yourself stressing out about oh this kid has to go to this dance thing or they gotta go up to this you know. Uh yeah, I mean, uh, in terms of like after school rehearsals, that can be a major challenge. So like yeah. middle school, we don't we have zero after school things because they just have too many sports. High school, we have one rehearsal a week for an hour, and you always are gonna have students missing for bowling, air riflery, or whatever it is. Yeah. You know, and you know, yeah. actually, a small part of me is excited about that i'm glad they're doing other things mm-hmm. i wouldn't want it to be like hey, you have to do band and nothing else you know yeah. it's this or, or nothing right so i want them to do other things but of course that means uh usually concerts are the first time everyone's there oh, yeah. yeah that's like more often than yeah. not the case yeah oh I've, this is everyone i've been there i've also been on the side <laughs> of being you know super strict about about all of that that stuff and yeah yeah, I, I think kids shouldn't have to choose. You know, there has to be some some flexibility for them. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, I, I don't know if you saw it, but there was a there's a photo of a high school drum major in Texas that went kind of went viral. And yeah, he's he's in his football uniform. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Conducting yeah. Uh-huh. conducting halftime show uh-huh. at, at the game, and I think you know, and you know, and you know, that's that's a prime example of these you know these directors okay the kids shouldn't have to choose you shouldn't be able to be an athlete and pursue pursue yeah. those things that, that mean band or football may not be a career choice for them in the, in the long run right so yeah. to what extent is it important for them to be you know so committed to one of those things yeah right like yeah. so uber connected to it that um they can't do other stuff yeah know? right right because right, right. how much longer is that kid going to be able to football okay but maybe they can play music for the rest of their life if they want to right yeah so or you know or maybe kid may never pick up an instrument again but maybe they still pursue fitness and other yeah. you know other yeah. stuff i think it's, it's i think as long as it's reasonable and of course everyone has a different perception of what's reasonable mm-hmm. i think the concert that's coming up in november i might have a student who's running from hula so they might be wearing their hula attire at the concert it's fine. Yeah, it'll well, be fine. whatever. It'll be <laughs> no fine. one's gonna yeah. die. Yeah. I'm glad you can make it. I'm glad you're gonna rush to make the concert, and that's cool. And we'll play music. Yeah. And it'll be fine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, what are having fun next door, man? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You got to play the good stuff. <laughs> All right. So, um, you also took over my old gig, right? Yes. Which is the general manager for the Pacific Music Institute. It's a wonderful summer program here in Honolulu during. Um, is it July? Uh, yeah, either June, July. It's June, July. Yeah, yeah I know, and it's moved around a little bit, but it's through yes. Youth Symphony. I know it's somewhat of a part-time gig, but it's not entirely, right? Because there's a lot, <laughs> of, like a lot of the, the bulk of the work is being done way ahead of the, right. the event, right? right. So, um, can you tell us, tell me a little bit more about like how that's impacted you since taking that over? Um, you know, uh, that 
it, it kind of scared me at first to take over that position because I, I didn't have a lot of experience in that area. But since then, this is my third year, second real year. Um, and I, I've really enjoyed it so far. Um, it's nice being on the administrative side. It's, it's very different from teaching. Um, I get to look at the big picture and have more of a say in terms of how um, things are run, program, schedule, facility. And I think one of the most rewarding things is getting the faculty on board. You know, having all these awesome faculty members yeah, in charge of the students. Amazing people yeah, teaching these kids. It's yeah. great. And and I'm not responsible for teaching them. You know, yeah, like yeah. that is not my role. That's not my mm -hmm. job. But I can get these people who are way better than me and they can teach the students. And it's like, I can see how it impacts all of them. And it's, it's, it's great. Yeah, it, it's, it's, it's been, it's been uh, very rewarding. Yeah, yeah. The, the administrative, like all the, the logistics, like that's basically what you're yes. coordinating, right? Yeah. And that, that part is like, that, that's the things that they don't teach you in college, right? Right, right. Yeah. They, they don't teach you how to schedule a concert and find facilities. And, and it's a headache, but it's a different stuff. kind of headache. Um, yeah. You know, I'm in charge of adults. I'm not in yeah. charge of necessarily, I'm not directly in charge of kids anymore. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, it's definitely a different skill set to be communicating with so many different um, people, directors, faculty, or facilities, whatever mm -hmm. it might be. But um, it's kind of refreshing. Yeah. 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 When I had that short stint in, in admin, that was uh, <laughs> that was very eye-opening. I learned, <laughs> learned a lot of things very, very quickly. But I must say that the, those transferable skills of being a band director and having to organize all those the adults and the logistics and thinking about yeah. all the big picture of stuff, like, yeah. oh, boy, did that help, like, going into that. So right. I think that that worked. Yeah. So, okay. So getting to some hard questions. So Ooh. what are your toxic habits? My toxic habits, toxic habits, things that I like, do that are unhealthy. Yeah. Like not, <laughs> maybe not good for you career wise or health wise or, you know, certain oh, decision making things that you do. I think geez, the first okay. one that comes to my mind is I, I think I don't say no enough. Uh, Kid. I'm still kind of saying yes to a lot of things like, oh, can you do this? Yeah, sure. Can you do this? Can you do this? So I end up being, uh, right now especially, I feel a little overwhelmed with the variety of things I'm involved in. So sometimes I feel like I'm not doing a particular thing as well as I could be if I just focused on that. Mm -hmm. um, so like my big ones right now are, are, are is, is being a band director, um, general manager of Pacific Music Institute, and then... I'm studying to get my online master's degree. Okay. And of course, some OBDA stuff um, is, is yeah. going on and performing and yeah. playing. And it's like, now I feel like I am doing a lot, but I'm not really great at any of them, <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah. And, uh, and, and probably most of all band directing. I really wish I could be a better band director since this is my really my full-time thing. Um, mm. But I, I have a lot of different passions and interests and, um, but I really, I think, have to be better about saying like, no, I really can't do this particular thing at this moment in time. Um, yeah. Love to eat better. Would love to, uh, you know, uh, I'm, you working out, I'm working out <laughs> yeah. a little bit more, yeah. but could always do better in that regard. Uh, you know, 
more time. I was gonna say more time away from music, but actually, I've been doing a little bit better in that regard. Been doing a little bit more cooking and making drinks. Yeah. And a little bit of simple woodworking stuff, but slowly trying to actually pull myself away from being、um, music 24/7. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, cooking looks good too. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I share with you that that same habit of not being able to say no, and、yeah. I, I have this bad habit of just trying to get my fingers into into all kinds of things that I shouldn't. <laughs> you know? So like now that I'm on sabbatical this semester, and you know I get calls from school once in a while, they're always apologizing for bothering me, but nobody else on campus has the answer. Yeah. You know? Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, and I'm like, ooh, I was just telling my coworker today, it's like. That's so dangerous that I'm that critical. <laughs> you <know> ? <laughs> yeah, you guys can't can function、be. without me. Yeah,、so. yeah. But yeah, it was it was something people had warned me. You gotta learn to say no. You gotta you know pull back. You're doing too many things. It's just I couldn't see how that was gonna help. Like I was just so hyper focused on the music, right? I just couldn't、yeah. see how that was gonna it was gonna do disservice to my kids. Right. And in right. fact, actually, just stepping away from that might have done. The kids might have been just fine, right?、Mm. It's just that's the way I'd always done it, so I didn't want to change.、Mm. So、uh, here's another hard one, and、um, but you had, you know, you had、um, Alan here working with you, who was here. I think didn't he like start the program here? Yeah, he started the program like '76 or something like. Yeah, that. so yeah. they've basically had just a few people here, right? I think it was、um, Alan. Um, Derek, Derek was here. Derek was here, and Richard was here for a little while, right? Yeah, Derek, Yamani, Richard, and、um, Lynn was oh, here. Oh, that's right. Okay. And Darren Sarah was Darren here. Darren Sarah, that's right. I forgot Darren、uh, was here. Okay. And there were a couple. There were a couple of others, but、okay. maybe like six or seven. Okay. Yeah. Through、so. the years, so he's always kind of had like a partner. Oh, okay, yeah. okay. Yeah. But I guess you had him, you know, here.、Um, You know when you got first got started, so I'm、yes. sure you got a ton of career advice, and still do because he still he still comes around. Yes. And, yeah. You know, he's the most unretired retired person there. <laughs> <laughs>、yeah. Yes. But、um, what's the best career advice that you've gotten from anyone? Anyone? Um. Well, I th- I think this one came from Alan, and Alan and I, yeah, we've talked a lot. Um, you know, after class or after school, and I forget his exact words, but the gist of it was. To you know, remember what's important, and that,、mm-hmm. and that, this is just a job.、Mm-hmm. You know that you have other, or you can have other priorities. You know, you have family, you have friends, you have significant others.、Um, whatever it is, don't lose sight of those other things that are important in your life.、Um, and I think that's helped me keep a better balance between. My job and my interests and my passions and and family and friends and uh, uh, those other very important、um, aspects of my life because you know being a band director doesn't define me even music doesn't really define me、mm-hmm. you know I think you know people are defined by a lot of little things、um, but not to be consumed by any one given thing has been very helpful for me. Okay.、Yeah. Yeah, and that's good. And you know, he he definitely made time for himself, you know,、mm-hmm. which was really good. And he led by example. And yeah, yeah, I remember、um, Leonard Hasuko telling me a long time ago. This is something that I think it was the. This is these were this is advice from someone who was like a, a 
offensive line coach for the Minnesota Vikings back when mm. they were like um, you know purple pe- people eaters, and <laughs> you know that was back in those days. And he said, um, you know, teach them what you have to, but emphasize what you want them to learn, right? Mm-hmm. And, and I think that was like when he when he had told me that, I really had some time to think about it. It was like, okay, you know, I don't have to do all these things, you know, <laughs> and you know, and and at times I, I tried to keep my own personal ambitions in check, you know, it's mm-hmm. like, what, what do I want out of this? You know, mm-hmm. but oh, no, it's not about me, it's about these kids, right? Yeah. And so when, yeah, he really helped me to to focus in a lot of that stuff. And, you know, so for me, that was emphasizing fundamentals, especially mm-hmm. reading, you know, so when the kids yeah. got to high school, you know, they could, you know, sit down summertime, work on pep band music, and in the first run, they got like 90% of it. Yeah, right, right. right? So, you know, at that point, then Greg didn't really have to, worry about making sure everybody's playing the right notes yeah. at the right time yeah, 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 right? Yeah, yeah. right and fundamentally right. they they could get around the horn just fine you know the percussionists yeah. could they knew how to play together in time, <laughs> you know? right and it if you know if i didn't drill enough um metronome time into them they were going to get that in marching band <laughs> so it worked out fine yeah so those um, fundamentals are important it is and and it it's so like because we're so public facing it's mm-hmm. it's easy to get Get, um, fall into that temptation of you wanting to have to put that most polished performance out there. Yeah, but for sure. you know, and, and with with the internet, you know, you can see anything you want now. So yeah, it's easy for people to get um, become enamored with you know these flawless performances from these bands mm-hmm. in you know in Texas or Japan or whatever. Mm-hmm. And you know, or you you know, you can go to the Midwest clinic and hear the best bands in the world. It's like, oh like my band needs to sound like that. Like, yeah. yeah. No, my yeah. band doesn't need to sound like that. And I don't need to go to the Midwest clinic. It's like, <laughs> it just I it, yeah. I don't think it's like yeah. as amazing of an experience as yeah. it would probably be for everybody. It's just like I don't know if I want to flick that on pop on my students so. <laughs> yeah it's yeah. good to keep that in check yeah because yeah. it can like really pressure you to do better and i think that's why a lot of band directors get very personally attached to their to mm-hmm. their groups or to their sound that it has like it's a personal ref- reflection of them which it's, it's not yeah. you know and i think for you not having to do marching band is just like the greatest blessing yes <laughs> i love it it's yeah. fantastic it is great. I've definitely enjoyed that. Yeah, somebody else was um, telling me that you know they were they were thinking about starting off the marching band, and they talked to someone else um, about it. And that person who was you know this very prolific program, amazingly successful, he said, "Why? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> Why a great question. You, like, like, great like, question. You're the marching band guy. You should be in." Yeah. It was no, it's not worth it. <laughs> All right, here we go. Lightning round. Lightning so, round. Um, if you had three questions for Leonard Bernstein, what would they be? For Leonard Bernstein, <laughs> yeah. um, I really want to know what he meant, what he wanted from those triangle players. The the, oh, the, the, the dog. <laughs> I have no, I have no idea what he wanted from them. I wonder if he was just not articulating it the way, or you know, lost in translation kind of thing. Yes, yes, I would like to ask him about that. <laughs> um, oh, Leonard, uh, I would love to ask him about. Um, I don't know how he comes up with his music. I mean, his music is so... Uh, you know it's Leonard Bernstein from just listening to it. And I would just kind of love to hear his stories, how he composes those things. Did you ever... Um, there's a there's a book. Um, I think it's called Letters to Lenny or something like that. Yeah. Um, so it's a series of letters that were written by him or to him. 
by a number of different figures. So Aaron Copeland, mm. Rubenstein, to you know, back when letter writing was a thing, yes. right? All all these <laughs> and um and it's like you listen to the the, the language and whatnot. It's yeah. just so beautifully poetic, but it really kind of takes you through a lot of his personal journey, mm. and that was like an amazing um an amazing read. Yeah. I, I I have. I think I have an ebook version of it, but I swear I have a hard copy. I should. I'll, I'll bring it to you oh. one day. Oh, that'd be I cool. think you you will like that. Yeah. Sorry. So one more. One more. Oh, I don't know. That's. Uh, I mean, I would love a conducting lesson from him. I mean, I mm. think he conducts in a very unique way, and yeah. I I dig it. I, I'm like all about the way he mm -hmm. kind of um, moves on the podium. Yeah, and, and kind <laughs> of like maybe like one of the first like true celebrity. Um, conductors of our, you know, mm -hmm. of his time, right? Mm -hmm. Like there were there were big names, obviously big names before him, but you know, like there weren't images and video yeah. and, and everything that and he, he did. <laughs> he did so much to to capture that and, and make it public, right? And mm -hmm. get it out on TV and everything. So, mm -hmm. yeah, that was amazing. Okay, um, life changing musical moment for you. Life changing musical yeah. moment. It can just be one. Yeah, just oh. something that really like. Oh, there's a couple. I don't know. Uh, let's. We'll do the one that's more self-absorbed. So, <laughs> um, so I, in my last year of college, I played this concerto, and there's a condensa in it, and it was it was a great time. I really enjoyed playing it. It's so much fun. And during the cadenza, there's this time when I was playing the the um, tibales, and I was. It started fast and it just started getting slower, 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 softer, softer, and softer. And then during that moment when I was playing, I just realized everyone is watching and listening <laughs> yeah. to this not very interesting <laughs> thing. But I have everyone's attention mm. right now. And I thought it was it was a powerful moment for me as a musician, kind of having the realization that music can have such a impact or it can really like move people mm -hmm. in ways and then um you know after that concert when i listen to music i i sort of listen to it differently because i'm trying to grab onto every single note that they're playing and you know they really have my attention i'm not mm -hmm. just like kind of sitting back listening passively anymore i'm really like oh this is what active listening is kind of listen for every single little nuance mm -hmm. because they're they're putting it there mm -hmm. so i want to try find it yeah Okay, no, that, no, that's that's awesome. Like, I, I'm sure everybody has had that in some yeah. form or fashion, right, in their music career. Yeah. Right. And unfortunately for me, it was not it was not great stuff coming coming out of my saxophone. <laughs> so, no, you know, I'm sure it was great. I, yeah, you're you're a fantastic percussionist. I'm sure everybody. So um, we're gonna go non music questions. We'll do two. Um, Simon or ramen. Ramen. And why is it Simon? <laughs> no, why is it? I don't. <laughs> no, no, no. Ramen for ramen sure. For you? Yeah. Definitely. Particular style? Uh, I always like the tonkotsu. Tonkotsu. Yeah. Like that just coats your mouth. Yeah. It's so bad for you. Right now, Onoya is like on the top of my list. Oh, Love that okay. place. Yeah. But ramen for sure. Yes. Okay. Wow. Definitely. I, I love both. But <laughs> if I had to choose one, it would always be Simon. Always be Simon. Would, oh, wow. It would be Kata Simon. Like, why would it be Simon? Um, I think, um, I think it was kind of. Is it a like, tasting or an, like a nostalgic I think thing? I think it's nostalgic. So there's this um, this guy who used to be the food critic for the New York Times, Ed Levine, and he has this 
pizza cognition theory that the very first pizza you've ever eaten is the one by which everyone is is judged by mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. And whether that may not be the best one you've ever had yeah. it's just that's your benchmark right yeah and, and i guess the the earliest significant noodle soup that i had i remember eating as a kid was simon and something that i ate a lot like ramen wasn't a thing you know, right, like it right, really right. wasn't that big of a, a deal like it is now. Yeah, yeah. Right, and, and it was generally a lot more straightforward. You're looking at shio and, and shoyu ramen, and I don't want right. to get into too much of that. But yeah, it was, <laughs> it's just like yeah, that, that's that's where I'm at with that kind of stuff. And I think I I favor certain stuff with music in the uh-huh, same way uh-huh. too. You know. Mm. Okay. <laughs> Next one. Uh, what is your zippy's order? My zippy's order is. Uh, what do you call it? Mixed chicken, chili rice. Oh, the chicken chili chicken mixed plate, I think is the yeah fried chicken yeah. and the chili rice. Yeah, that yeah. And, and for those through. of you who don't know Zippy's, it's a local um, it's a local restaurant chain. They got takeout and sit down restaurants, and they're yes. kind of known for their the chicken and the, and the yeah. Their the fried chili. chicken is is great. It's so good. You know <laughs> that it's just the McCormick um fried chicken. Is, mix, it, right? is, that, is that what all it is? Yeah, and you can buy you can buy them the. The breading mix from Zippy's in, in a bag. Oh. So I, I I tried making some the other week. It didn't come out as good. I don't, I don't know what they're doing that I'm not doing. But yeah, it, but it is so good. And that's another one of those things. Like the, Jason Momoa has been like like raving about it lately. And so oh, really? yeah, <laughs> every time he comes home, he's always posting about Zippy's fried chicken. So okay, right on. Well, thank you very much for oh, yeah. your time. Thank this is a lot of fun. And um, yeah, uh, hopefully we can. We can use your, your words and your experiences as a guide for, for some mothers. <laughs> yes, and, definitely. All right. Thank okay, you good luck with me. the rest of the school year. Okay. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. That was my interview with Jeremy Lolly. Thank you, Jeremy, for making some time for me. It's really clear that he's doing good work there and has found a nice balance for himself between work and his personal life. And I think that a lot of that can be attributed to his philosophical goals for the program and also what he wants his students to get out of it. I do want to address the small school thing because I've been there. Um, I started my career off in a very, very small private school uh, here in Honolulu and a small charter elementary school. And then I moved on to a very small middle school where we had uh, roughly 300 students in grades six through eight. Um, Having come from a big school, having come from big programs, um, I didn't have the kind of community experience that a lot of these students in these small schools had. I found that they're very close knit. Um, the students do get pulled in a lot of different directions. And I think they consider themselves fortunate to have a bunch of different options, you know, of different activities, um, whether that be athletics or school things, maybe it's a club thing, an artistic thing, another performance uh, opportunity, maybe that's a, a dance thing, another type of music thing. Um, whatever it may be, they may have other family obligations and things like that. And I learned quickly the importance of all of that in the overall picture of the students' lives. Um, I did make the mistake of, I think, trying to do too much and lose, uh, I did lose sight of the fact that ban is just one of the many things that make up this student's life. You know, they've got family, they've got their schoolwork, their other classes that they need to do. They've got other commitments that they made before they even set foot in the band room. And I think trying to honor their need for balance as well is 
uh, was a good thing. I don't think anybody um, questioned uh, my motives uh, at the time. And I don't think in retrospect that I did anything that was, you know, ultimately selfish and for myself. And maybe it was perceived that way. But um, in the long run, it was really about serving the students at the highest level possible. Um, but I only saw that within the lens of my own program, you know, not looking at the overall needs of the student holistically. So I think as we um, look at, especially look at these smaller programs, but look at the way that um, any kind of organization operates, I think we have to remember that these are people um, who had lives before they came into yours and make sure that their experience is as balanced as uh, yours is. If you enjoyed today's episode, I'd love it if you subscribe or follow. Please give us a review on Apple Podcasts and share it with friends wherever you get your podcasts from. Be sure to stay tuned for more episodes to come. Oh, 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 oh,